I tend to stay away from scary games, so I guess I'm a scaredy cat. Hello and welcome to the Player 33 Show. I am your host, Bob, and I am with my trusty co-host, Finch. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? This is Finch. I uh, just want to give a shout out to all my gamers, moviegoers, and of course, can't forget all you, know, you cosplayers out there. Oh, can't forget the cosplayers. God, I love them so much, especially the male cosplayers. Those are my absolute favorite. Well, that's your personal opinion, but you know, going to any sort of convention, the cosplayers bring it up to the next level for sure. Yeah, but I love your little, uh, you know, you're such a JRPG motherfucker. I love your little uh, clouds and stuff. <laughs> Those are my favorite. Oh, yeah. So, we are in episode three, and we are hoping to learn a lot from our previous two episodes. What? What are you and, talking about? Um, I'm talking about episode two, more specifically. Episode two? Yeah, I had a, I had a real statement to make on episode two. What do you mean? I, I put a lot of time so, into that. We we can't begin this podcast until we at least address episode two somewhat. <laughs> if anyone's gonna listen, because I don't know if I would listen to episode three if I listened to episode two. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I mean, uh, truth hurts, but you know, we're, it hurts me as well. But that's what we got to do. Anyways, so uh, what are you what are you trying to say? So what are you trying to we, say? We tried something new, and we are going to continue to do it. But um, Bob here had a great idea of getting all these clips together without <laughs> me so knowing. Much time, you know, did his research. I'm like, okay, you know, we're we're doing a gaming podcast, movies too, and you know, maybe comics and other quote-unquote nerd culture things but joey man what happened what what happened with the uh politics on episode two well um i don't know the best way to sum it up is like this you blew it (laughs) (laughs) i fucked up everybody i fucked up everybody i'm saying sorry don't listen to episode two uh, just don't listen to it at all unless you want to go, you know, uh, like watch a Bill O'Reilly episode or something. So yeah, just fucking ignore it. Uh, that's, that's basically it. But anyways, we're going to try to do much better on this podcast and actually talk about some more gaming and other topics. Um, but I guess the first thing I want to talk about is that we, we both are going to have our own things that maybe we we talk about or specialize in and one of the things is is i do a board game night more of like a personal take on who the hell we are and things like that yeah in a way exactly like i I cater to this more he'll cater you cater to other things but anyways you know i just last night i had i had one of my monthly ish board game nights um we try to play once a month sometimes a little longer sometimes a little shorter just depends but um I just kind of want to talk about board games because I, I do love board games. Um, so the one that we are that's in rotation right now that we just got um, at the end of last year that we've played a couple times now um, or had a couple nights playing it is uh, Ticket to Ride. I've I've and heard of that one. I've heard really good things about that. So you have heard about it. So yes, this I one, have. So this is a game that I was researching for. I don't even want to call it a club. I mean, it's you know, it's my brother and some some of my friends. You guys play and it regularly? Is it like a weekly thing or? No, it's it's like like monthly. It is regular though. That's cool. That's cool. So it is regular, but you know, to get you know four to five grown adults in the same place at the same time, once a month is pretty hard. So you know. it's impressive that you can do that. And I was not there and I would like to go someday, but I'm really, really, really bad at getting the fuck out of my house. So we'll see. <laughs> well, I wish um, I could say that I'm not like that, but I host it at my house. So <laughs> I guess it kind of works out for me. I can still be it does, it does. a homebody and have my fun too. So I'm kind of having my cake and eating it too, if you want to be lame about it. 
But um, anyways, we played Ticket to Ride, and we're going to try something new. We're always trying stuff new here. We're only in episode three, so obviously we have a lot of room to try things. Um, but I figured uh, we'd play a video on like how to play it, and I'll add, I'll you know elaborate on anything if, when I feel necessary. But we had a game last night before you played the clip, and it was it was really fun. It's uh it's from two to five players. It's a two to five player game, and we've had two nights of it, and we've got we've we've been able to squeeze in five games. And I'm I'm kind of thinking about going pro because I'm currently undefeated. I am five and zero at Ticket to Ride in my little board game club, for a lack of a better word. We'll just call it a club. Why not? No um, wonder you're going to go pro. You're always good at fucking games, board games. It doesn't I mean, matter. I even played horse with you. Okay, you and me are not in shape, guys. Okay, I, I'm going to let everybody know we're a little frumpy. And uh, I, I, I just remember coming over to your house playing fucking Horace at your, your basketball hoop, and you're like a little fucking Michael Jordan. I hate it. You're good at everything. It drives me nuts. Dude, it's a curse, man. Because oh, I, such a I, curse. I know. No, 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 no. It is a curse. Let me explain. Because I am good at a lot of things. I don't know why. I played sports when I was growing up. I was always the best video gamer in the neighborhood you know he's very uh, humble as well uh, beating the game you know the guy the kid that could beat the game the kid that would beat you in street fighter or mortal kombat not saying i was the best in the town or anything i go to arcade get my butt whooped of course but always good you know sports all-star teams you know you like to dominate your friends (laughs) dominate my friends no i just just have this natural gift um to be good at everything but you know what I'm not great. I'm, I'm I'm not great at anything. So that's the curse. Um, I'm not necessarily great at anything, but I can pick up or learn something new pretty quickly and be pretty decent at it. Um, you know, quicker than than a lot of people, I guess. But that hasn't helped me. That that hasn't helped me financially. So I don't know how much of a how much of a blessing that is, you know. So. Well, let's get to it. Let's tell let's yeah, tell let's, people what the hell you've been playing. Let's so ticket to ride. Um, I guess introduce and start playing part of it. Here we go. Ticket to ride is a cross country train adventure. Players will compete to connect different cities by claiming the railway routes of North America. The setup is quite simple. You have the board map of North America, five different colored train cars, scoring markers, a deck of train car cards a deck of destination ticket cards, one summary card, and the longest continuous path bonus card. Before the game begins, each player will choose one of the five different colored sets of train cars and the matching scoring marker. Then each player's starting hand will consist of four random train car cards and three destination ticket cards. The object of the game is to score the highest number of total points. On each player's turn, they can only choose one of three actions. The actions are... Draw train... Okay. So, this game is like a card drawing game, basically, and you are trying to complete destinations. That's what they were referring to in these tickets. And so you have a map, and this the, the video clip that we're playing, um, the original game has the map of North America, or the United States, basically. And the version that we are playing is the Europe version. It's actually like Europe in like 1912 or something. So all the towns and names and everything and and, and what they were called back then. That um, sounds more interesting. Represented. Honestly. Well, the reason why I got it is, you know, I did my research. Um, it's, it was supposed to be a more competitive, you know, even playing field as far as the map goes compared to the North American field or map. Um, the big thing I heard in the North American map is that, you know, when you kind of figure out some of the key places, the, the place you're, you're to, the, the route you're trying to get, then everyone's competing for that, and, and whoever gets that typically wins. I'm not necessarily saying that's the case. I haven't necessarily played it, but that was the biggest criticism. And uh, the Ticket to Ride Europe actually introduces a, a few more rules um, that kind of even the playing field so that... Um, nobody's necessarily going to feel like they're in last place or doesn't have a chance to win. I mean, there comes to a point in all games when you're like, okay, well, I'm probably not going to win. But 
you definitely, if you're going for something, if you're going for a route, uh, then, and, and someone else gets it before you, there's still multiple ways designed for you to be able to still accomplish what you were trying to do. Um, but anyways, you, you, you get these little train cars and their routes, and they go from, from city to city. So there's all these little routes on the board that go from city to city, and they're, and they're, and each route has these like little um, rectangles where you where you would put your trains at, and these and so you could have um, a, two cities that three sp- spaces separate them, um, um, four spaces or six spaces, and when you complete the route, you get a certain amount of points for completing the route. So the more the longer the, the the route is in between the cities, the more points you get for that route. Does that make any sense to you as someone that's never played the game? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, visual is always better, but I mean, uh, I, I I get. I mean, I get the point of the game. I mean, you got you got a point point A to point B, and you know, exactly. car cards claim a route. <laughs> oh, claim produ- producing on the fly. Sorry, guys. <laughs> And, um, anyways, so, you know, there could be, there's spaces in between the cities. So there could be three spaces or five spaces or seven spaces or, or whatever spaces. And, and you're, if obviously a three doing a train of three is going to be worth less than say a train of five. I mean, you get that basic concept, right? Of course. So anyways, you have these destination tickets in your hand and they tell you they're kind of like your missions. They're like your missions. So they'll say go f- to London to Brest or something. And if you complete that route, if you go all the way to London to Brest, then you will get the points that are on that card on that ticket, and that'll go to your total score. And that's and like you said, or like the clip says in the beginning of the game, the object is to get the most points. And do you have like a, a like just a ton of train cars? And you just like put your your cars down, and you say you got London to Brussels or whatever, um, and then you want to go Brussels to Paris. Do you have like just tons of train cards, and you just leave them on those routes as you like get them? And once you complete one place to another, you get a point. And is that kind of how? Yeah. It works, so once you claim route, you always have that route. So you'll place your train cars out. And yes, you have plenty of trains, um, little train pieces that you put out. Um, you know, think of like Risk, you're like army men and all that stuff. So you have all these things that are just train oh, okay. pieces. And, you know, once you use them, you can't, you don't get them back, but you have a supply. And the game actually ends, um, the game is triggered when one person gets down to um, two train cars or less. So when someone gets down, play, you know, when someone plays a route and that brings their pile of train cars down to two or less, then everyone gets one more turn, and then the game ends. So that kind of triggers the end of the game and decides, you know, there's not a time factor. There's not a first one to X amount of points or anything. It's whoever has the most points after the, you know, game-ending trigger event occurs. And, um, I mean, that's pretty much the basic concept of it. Um, There's color system involved so you're so you're drawing cards and you're trying to match colors you know you want if you want to complete this route this route will be like say three spaces as i mentioned earlier it could be three five or whatever so let's just say it's three and it's red so that means you got to collect three red train cards uh, cards um to be able to complete the route so most of the time it just goes around around the table you know around the people and you you can draw cards to build up your hand and get all the different colors and try to get multiples of each color and then start trying to complete your tickets and your destinations and you can draw more destination tickets once you've completed the ones you have um there's a a longest route um there's like a long route ticket that's like from one city on on one side of the board all the way to the other side of the board so it's really hard to get um but with that said, one thing that you mentioned that I didn't describe very well is your trains don't have to be connected. So you could do you could do a route, you could do a train route that's in the northwest of the board game map of the board map, and then and then you could do a completely separate route on you know the the southeast, and that have them not be connected. They don't your trains do your routes do not have to be connected. You can build on any route on the map you want. It's up to you on what strategy you want to take. 
um, to win the game. So I don't know, you know, how much sense this is making, but I don't know if you're going to continue playing the clip. Oh, you want me to keep going with it? I can keep going well, with it. Well, I mean, we probably probably You explained a lot of it. Yeah. 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 You explained so, probably everything she's going to talk about. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much the game. Uh, it's really fun. There's a lot of strategy involved. You can try to complete your tickets. Um, you can try to just get all the longest routes on the board because the longer the routes are, the, the more points it gets uh, multi- amplified by. Um, you can try to screw other people over by letting them not get their routes. Um, so, I mean, there, it's not a hard game. It's definitely not one of the hardest games. You know, like the last game that we played was Catan. And I don't want to even say Catan's a hard game, but this game is much simpler than, say, Catan was. Um, but it's just well, a fun game. When you're drunk like me and trying to teach me, uh, Catan was a little bit. <laughs> well, no, that's the, that's why I like this game a lot is that you can have a drink, get together with your friends, and everyone can kind of follow and know what's going on. It's it's not a you know a miniature tabletop game or anything like that, but it is. It's definitely more fun than you know your stupid monopolies of the world and all that. You know, I can't stand all those like Hasbro games from the 50s. There's so many new games that are being created every day that are just so much more innovative and fun. Um, and that's kind of what this whole segment is supposed to be about. It's just introduced to newer games that aren't those uh, Hasbro games that you grew up playing with, like Yahtzee and Boggle and Scrabble. And Boggle. <laughs> and Monopoly and Shoots and Ladders and Candyland and... You know, the, the game, you know, the list obviously can go on longer than that. But um, we we try to play newer games, different games. You know, none of these games are like super new. Like we're not trying to like, get ones that just came out this year or anything. But games that are you know starting to become known um, in the world, and they're they're really fun. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. No, I'm oh, just yeah. kidding. No, 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 it's all good. So yeah, just to let everybody know, we've lied in the first episode. Um, we are not a video game podcast. We are a board game podcast and a political podcast. Yes, that would be the case. But maybe you have something about video games. I got some video game stuff, guys. I've actually got some video game stuff. Um, <clears throat> a little bit more has come out on the Nintendo Switch. Um, there's a couple a uh, couple of fun things. Um during the uh, the reveal presentation that we talked about on episode one, uh, they just glossed over that there was going to be a monthly subscription for Nintendo to play multiplayer games, and there may or may not be some other benefits to that. Um, we still do not know exactly how much it's going to cost. I read something on Kotaku a couple days ago saying that it was going to be a lot cheaper than um, PlayStations and Xbox Live. So those are, I think, like they end up being 12 bucks a month or 10 bucks a month or something. So I don't know. Is this going to be nine, eight, whatever? I don't know. But um, one of the big benefits that is going to be included with your subscription is, well, let me just read exactly what they say on their website. Here we go. Quote, Subscribers will get to download and play Nintendo Entertainment System or Nintendo or Super Nintendo Entertainment System games with newly added online play for free for a month. Dun, dun, dun. There's always a kicker. Always. There's the kicker with Nintendo always. So basically, um, they're slightly taking advantage of what everybody is saying. You have an incredible library of games. Charge me a subscription. Give me a Netflix-style thing to everything. Earthbound, the original Zelda, Mario 1, 2, 3, whatever. So they're dipping their toe in the water, as Nintendo does, because they take a while to realize things. And what they're going to let you do is they're going to let you pay to be able to rent one of their old games for a month and then pay again if you want to be able to keep playing it. That is They're double dipping. Yeah, no. I don't I don't like it and I don't 
not even as a consumer, like as as a businessman, I don't like it. Um, they don't come out with games enough. You know, we all know that that's a big problem in Nintendo. So how could you do that? You have games that are twenty years old, 10, fifteen years old, that that are still fun to this day. That you could just charge a subscription fee to, to get access to all of them at one time. And but then, they don't even have to do that. But what you do is you and. I, and I'm sorry, this is this is a little anti-consumer, okay? So I will be honest about that. But as a businessman, as a, as a person running Nintendo, I would not allow you to buy the games individually, ever. You would not be buying the games individually so that you have it, and then now you don't need their subscription fee anymore. Now you don't need this because you already got your collection, and, and hopefully these collections will you know, be passed up to the next generations. Hopefully once they get, you know, like a, a Nintendo account that will link all your purchases. So, <laughs> so you would Sorry, think that, that would happen, right? You know, you would think that's what's going to be the case. But if you just had a subscription for the old library, it gives plenty of people to play the games and want to buy your system and have games to play in between your new games that are coming out. And and maybe you'll see you know what interests people have in your older games, and, and make newer versions of those, and you keep the cycle going. I mean, Nintendo could probably literally survive on just you know having an open subscription to as many people as possible to play all their old games. I mean, you can already emulate them. A lot of people have already downloaded them on the Wii and all that stuff. So I would eliminate buying, having you purchase it and just do, so you have to do a subscription that's like guaranteed money in, in my hand, in my pocket every month. And they don't even have to do that though. They could just literally mirror, for this online service, they could just mirror Xbox and PlayStation strategy of, we're going to announce two quote unquote free games every month that if you have a subscription active, you get that game. And you can play it for as long as you keep your subscription active. Why not just do that? What they're trying to do is they're just trying to double dip saying, look, we're going to charge you a subscription. We're going to let you demo some stuff for a month. We're going to let you rent it for a month. And then we're going to try to get you to pay again to actually keep it. And I, I got to say, I mean, once they get through some of their bigger games, you know, your Donkey Kongs and stuff, basically the stuff that's on the uh, the NES Classic once they get through that, how is that going to be compelling at all to anybody to keep paying for it? Because they're going to start, you know, scraping around on the bottom of the barrel with some of the third party stuff, which is really cool. And they've got some great stuff, Final Fantasy, all that JRPG shit that you love so much and Chrono oh, yeah. Trigger and all that. Yeah. But um, I, I just think it's uh, it's so stupid and such but, a wasted opportunity. But the way that you uh, described it is is that it's a rental service for games that you don't even get to choose which ones you're renting. But that's okay. Like you don't you think, you you know, think that's okay? No, no, no. What I'm saying is is that it's okay to have games you don't choose if they get to keep it for free as long as their subscription is active. So right. what you're saying is you don't even get to keep it, but they're only going to be random games that you don't even you, you don't get to choose to rent. It's just they're going to give you a game or two and you can rent it and that's it. And you have no other choice. So you got to wait till next month. Hopefully it's not. You that's know, what they're, fucking... that's what they're actually doing is what you're, that's what they're actually doing. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Okay. That's what I was thinking. So I still like my model and I, and I st it was still like the two free a month, but I mean, that's, you know, the, the Nintendo has, I don't know, you know, they have a thousand games. I mean, two a month, I mean, how many years? It could last forever, longer than I mean, the Switch will Longer will last. than a lifetime, you know, than a, than a human full lifetime. They were buying games from from one years old till you know ninety or a hundred. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna make a. Like I'm a, gonna make. I would just like a subscription to Netflix, man. Just get access to all of them. Play when I feel like it. I know it's always there. Know that I can have access to the whole library at any time. I feel like by doing it this way, too, they're ruining that prospect. Like, by the time Nintendo comes around six years from now after the Switch, they say, oh, we're going to do this. Everyone's going to be just sick of their fucking back catalog. They're gonna just not going to well, care. I know. They're getting close to that point now. That's why they need to just give you access to it. I'm not saying the way I'm saying it is necessarily perfect, but just get access to it that's more than one or two games at a time. 
from from three to potentially four different systems: Nintendo, Super Nintendo, N sixty four, GameCube. All right, I'm going to make a bold prediction on this show right here, the Player Thirty Three show. I'm going to make a really bold prediction. Are you ready? Okay, um, got my ear. Okay, we're we're in the month of February now, 2017. At E3, they are going to announce that their monthly game subscription service or whatever is going to allow you to keep whatever games are available that month as long as you're paying your subscription. That's going to be like a big deal. I think that they are going to fail miserably in their initial offering because there's not going to be any fucking games to play online up until that time frame of June, you know, like what's that game? What's that fucking squid game? Come on, dude, help me. Splatoon Splatoon is not going to be out. Um, There's no new Mario Karts out. You got Zelda out. I mean, there's like no reason to pay on, you know, pay for the online thing at all. Well, right. But I mean, did you hear that you don't have to pay for it until fall? Oh, no, no, I didn't. Yeah, so the online is going oh. to be free yeah, until sometime in the fall. Oh, time. well then shit, that just like destroys my little fucking So they may, not even un- they may not even announce a prize at E3. Fuck. All right, maybe they will finally announce a prize at E3 for coming September. Oh, man. All right, never mind. Scratch that. I didn't know that piece of information. Yeah. I thought they were going to charge for this out the gate. And there's, like, nothing to play online. Ugh, okay. Now, what I do think is sexy about the whole situation, and wish, you know, kind of, kind of, they're kind of getting me, kind of pulling up my heartstrings, is taking, I don't know if this is what they're doing, because they, they're, it's a vague description, it, it could take it either way, but if they're, if they mean that they can, they're going to take some of their, like, NES and SNES games, that were like four player, um, multiplayer, you know, like couch co-op, I guess is the term and actually turn that into an online function where I can get into, um, you know, like a beat em up game with three other people or two other people or play turtle, you know, play the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games online with other people controlling the other turtles. And that is pretty awesome from uh, oh billy <laughs> yes that is so good no no seriously that is the one like super fucking awesome thing super about awesome. this if... i remember you and me you and me you we set up our fucking net play on emulators to play through on like a friday night the teenage mutant ninja turtle um game that was an arcade and then they brought it to the nintendo super nintendo yeah that was fucking great that was fantastic. So I love they, that. If they do that, though, if they actually do it right and do it for those type of games that you know turn couch co-op into online multiplayer, especially for the generation that played those games, you know, couch co-op are all now, you know, in the middle of their lives and working and have children most likely. So that would be a great way for to have those experiences again without having to get four adults in the same room at the same time. I love it. Absolutely love it. But um, all right, let's move on to one other thing about Nintendo. Um, They've announced some new launch titles. So we read on episode one what the launch titles were, and they were they were incredible. I mean, they were so good. You had like Snipper Clips <laughs> and uh, Dance Dance Revolution 2017. Um, play them and, all. Um, yeah, they had some really, really. Oh, yeah. They had Rayman Legends, you know. Oh, oh they, they had a lot of good shit. I really do want to own Rayman Legends for like the fifth time. That would be incredible. Yes, 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 of course. So they've announced some new ones um, that uh, I think are kind of a big deal. I think we're going to be rushing out to get the system. Um, They are World of Goo, Little Inferno, and Human Resource Machine. Are these all like indie games or something? Because I've never heard of any of them. They Except are World of Goo, World of Goo, but I haven't heard of the other two. They are indie games that I played on my iPhone in 2012 and 2013. Oh wow! Okay, 
I don't even. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they probably made an announcement for that is so sad, man. Oh, well, they didn't make an announcement. It just was kind of like, you know, big news, like Nintendo's getting more launch titles. It was probably the the developer and publisher of these games that came out and said it. But, um, well, no, Nintendo did mention something on it. But um, anyway, I just thought it was just kind of funny and it's kind of fucking pathetic. Yeah, it is. It is. But did you have anything else? on? I know a lot of people. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I got no, it. That's it. That's done. it. All right. We'll move it on then. But I think I think it's time for our famous donation segment. I'd like to uh, I'd like to turn your attention to uh, to President George W. Bush. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. And as always, folks, one of the things that my co-host and I will do is make sure your money is spent wisely. That's right. We're going to make sure it's spent wisely. We need the funding. We need to keep doing this bullshit. I mean, we, we've got a good amount of downloads leading up to this. I think people like this shit. Except for episode two. That just was a total tank. We had negative downloads on that one. Yeah, that, that was, was like minus a you know, thousand. Yeah, it was really bad. But we're doing a value for value model. If we bring value to your life, bring some value back to ours. We need funding to keep this thing going. You know, in order for me to go make a whole political episode like episode two and just listen to this god awful shit and just pull so many clips from it you know no. that takes time and money so anyway the way you can help us is you can go to patreon.com slash player 33 now that 33 are just the numbers three three anyway go visit check us out um you know subscribe to us help us out a little bit I mean, what do you think, Finch? We need the money or not? I mean, I'm yeah, not a high we, roller. We could definitely use your support to keep this thing going for as long as possible. Um, but the biggest thing that I want to get out, you know, the point, you know, the biggest point about the value for value model is that it allows us to keep doing what we're doing and not have to be controlled by any sort of advertising company or any other companies that want to you know do ads keep everything ad free here please help um, us keep this ad free let seriously. our opinions be controlled by only what we say and no other corporations um that are sending ads in our podcast because that does happen you are you you know believe it or not folks you, you people's opinions cannot always be shared um, when you have advertisers, because they will. When pull. fucking Capcom's advertising for us, we can't talk shit about their games. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's a blatant, nice little example. You know, for Capcom's announcing us, I can't. You know, go on a rant on why they won't make another Mega Man game. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. so help us out. Help us out, people. Patreon.com/slash/player33. All right. Let's move to the next big topic in gaming. A very, very big game dropped, Finch. A it huge did. game dropped. So, a, a game drop that, as you would say, that I am a huge fan of. Played, I don't want to say every single game, but almost every single game of this series. And that game would be... Resident Evil 7. <laughs> Seven. Siete, motherfucker! Exactly. <laughs> Biohazard, I think is what it's called. Um, now, just like every single podcast you've probably listened to, I got to the exact same point as they did. So I'm only about an hour and a half in. And yeah, I turn have, it off now. You've already heard this, guys. Don't even listen to what Finch has you, to say. You probably have already heard this because it seems like everyone that's getting this game plays it for about an hour and a half. <laughs> then they want to talk about it and then and then maybe they talk about it later i don't know i haven't heard that quite yet but um anyways i definitely want to give my you know some of my first impressions as a huge resident evil fan from the original you know resident evil on playstation i beat that game so many times i still go back and play that game every couple of years just because i you know it's so fun and i have the 
the newest one now on PC, which is the dude. Remake. We should totally, we should totally do a replay sometime. Like, like do it on YouTube for our fans. Of I think the, they'd have fun with that. Of the original one, like remake, yeah, the original remake. one, the remake. Yeah, and then and then after that, if they like it, we could do the re, the you know the upcoming remake of Resident Evil Two, which I'm looking yeah, forward to. I'm definitely looking forward to that one, big time. And I, you know, I forgot about that. They announced that years ago. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's coming soon, that. though. I heard some stuff recently about it. It's, it's coming pretty soon. So it might be some E3 news, maybe? Possibly. I don't know. We'll see. But, but anyway, continue on. Sorry. The biggest thing, you know, the biggest change, well, two big changes, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, is going into first-person mode. Um, it, it really works well. I really like it. Um, it's, it's not really that big of a shocker. We've all played so many first person games at this point. If you're a gamer at all, um, that it's not necessarily mean that it's not a resident evil game, but it's in first person and it works really well. And there's one small detail. Well, before I get to the small detail, I will say that this game definitely goes back to the more old school Resident Evil. So I know, Bob, that you, you have the game too and that you're going to play it. And it is it is legit scary. I mean, there are... And I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't get scared by anything. I can't go to a haunted house and get scared. I can't watch a horror movie and get scared. It seems like gaming it was really the only avenue for me to get scared on, yet... It's been a long time since I've been really scared on something. And Resident Evil, don't get me wrong, I'm not like having to shut it off or anything, but it'll get my heart going. It'll make me jump. Um, it definitely does a good job of that. How are you on being scared by media like that? I don't like horror movies very much, and I am not a huge fan of the jump scares. Um I tend to stay away from scary games, so I guess I'm a scaredy cat. I just like the the jump stuff is just ugh, I just I really hate it. So I'm well, actually looking forward <laughs> to putting myself through this and I wanna play this. Like it I looks almost, cool. I almost wanna watch you play this because the best way to play this game for anyone that hasn't started playing it yet is it, it starts you off outside and in, in daylight, very non threatening. And if you just go and just just buy into it and and keep yourself off guard then when those moments happen that are kind of freaky it has much more impact if you're just traveling not like you know there is a one way to play the game is to just go slow and look around every corner and and look at everything before you you know start continuing or you can just go go to the room investigate look around you know more nonchalantly and not be so worried and then those surprises happen and it was really impactful. but he's gonna just he's gonna bust through the wall with like a fucking shovel i just i i saw in the trailers it's well that may happen. i'm nervous i'm really really nervous about this to be honest there are some jump scares but there's also some other elements to it that are not jump scares that so it's not all jump scares it's not all jump scares out of the hour and a half i played i think there was two jump scares and from what okay. I hear, okay. from what I hear, the game's like 10, 11 hours long. I can handle that ratio of jump scares. So if it stays like that, then yeah, it was about two. Well, let me let me tell you something about myself that I think will clear everything up. You're gonna laugh your ass off at this. Okay. Um, when I was a kid, um, the movie E.T. scared the living <laughs> fucking shit out of me. <laughs> And like even to this day, what? It, it makes me nervous. I haven't gone back and actually watched what? it. What even to this day? Even to this day, I've been wanting to do it. And like my my sister, she will like, she has like gotten on my desktop and stuff um, when she comes over and hangs out, oh and when God. I'm not around, and like changes the background to like ET and shit. And I, I have to admit, like. The when kids I see movie E.T. Yes, yes. It's oh my god, it scared me, man. I'm serious. Were you scared I, by Hocus Pocus? No, I love Hocus Pocus <laughs> because Sarah Jessica Parker is so hot in that movie. Can oh. you even watch? Well, I don't know about that, but can you watch um, The Exorcist? I love The Exorcist. I've seen it a bunch of times. 
Then it's great. Then what the hell about E.T., man? I just, I haven't watched it in adulthood. I need to just do it. Drew Barrymore when she's like four. We'll just need to, <laughs> we just need to get like, we need to get some of our listeners together so we can watch this movie live and help me get over my fucking fear of this oh shit. Oh my God, that would be hilarious. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Oh, when that baseball comes out of the shed, when he throws it back. Oh, God. <laughs> That's oh. Yeah, oh, 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 it's just, it's, to, it's a kid thing, man. It's a kid it's, thing. It's supposed to appeal to your sense of wonder, man. But when he's all white and stuff and the guys in the suits, oh, God, fuck. You're going to laugh don't, if you watch it. You, uh, you, you I, really I, I'll, think, I'll laugh. You really I don't, think? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Wow. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'll have to do it for this show, like at the very least. To I, don't get know this. I don't know how you're going to play this game then. But okay. No, no, um, it's different. It's just that's just a kid thing. But anyway, I mean, how would you sum up RE Seven so far? Resident Evil Seven. Are you are you liking it? No, I really love it. Um, I haven't even really got to the good parts yet. I'm I just got my gun. I just got past the first boss. Do you have um, like four bullets ready to go? No, it's a little. It got me a little worried on playing. So you'll you'll. I'm gonna actually kind of ruin this for you. But right, you get your gun. Like you find the gun. So so the first part of the game, you're just kind of exploring. And learning that, you know, kind of how the game, it's kind of telling you that this is going to go back to the old school way where you have a map and you're going room to room. I love that. I love going room to room and, and kind of backtracking and getting to things that I couldn't get to before. I just kind of like that kind of stuff. But, I mean, it really telegraphs that something's big coming because you walk in this room, there's a gun laying on the table, and then there's a pack of bullets. So you got a gun full of bullets. You just picked up a pack of bullets. And I think like on the other side of the room, there's another pack of bullets. And you're like, okay, something's definitely going to happen. And you keep keep going. You walk into the next room. And you find another pack of bullets. And you're like, okay. And and then shortly after, you get to your first boss. So, and you do. I heard that first boss is tough. And you do. Yeah. I I recommend dying on that boss one time because I did. Just because you learn. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, you, you play the Tomb Raider games, right? Or the, the new yeah, yeah, Tomb Raider. Of it's kind of like those death yeah. scenes. Really cool yeah, death scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you might as well just like In, know, experience one or two of them, right? Yeah, don't feel bad. Just just shoot the boss a couple times. Maybe just work on how you're going to kill it next time, but ultimately die the first time. And it's pretty fun. So it's death isn't fun. that punishing? As far as like losing um, stuff, or you will go back a little bit. There is like a I don't know how well it works, but there is a retry button instead of a load button. But when I hit the retry button, it didn't. I had to do a a, a little bit of extra stuff before I got to the boss again. It didn't okay. put me like right up there. I'm ready to fight the boss. About to walk in, it did kind of put me back a little bit, but it wasn't a big deal. And so I don't there's know, no. There's no manual save. It's just like a checkpoint kind of system. I, I, no, there is a manual save. The thing I don't know about retry is if it's just pulling your last load save or if it's actually pulling a checkpoint. I don't know. Oh, okay. Okay. It's too late All to right. tell. But one small detail I would want to mention that, that just, just really drove the point home that this is a Resident Evil game is Early on in the PlayStation games, one of the big sign- key signatures that, that the Resident Evil games stood out for was was when you went up the stairs or when you opened up a door, more specifically. So you would open up a door and it would go to this little cutscene and the door would open and you, you don't know what's it behind the door. It was all black. The door, the door has to be complete. Yeah, it's all black and the door has to be completely, you know, go through that whole animation before you know what you're getting yourself into. Resident Evil 7 does this in the most genius, most modern way possible. So when you get to a door, you're in first person mode. Your character kind of like leans up on the door and, and, and if the door's not locked, he pushes the door open, but it but you're so close to the door and your view is blocked by the door that you can't see anything in that room until that door is completely open. And then you can see what you got yourself into or if it's a safe room or if it's um, or if there's going to be a bunch of whatever behind it. I'm not that far in the game. I don't know what kind of, I would assume zombies of some kind, but, um, that's pretty cool. It's that's kind of like cool. Really you, harkening back to the, you the open old... the door and you can't, you can't see what you're walking yourself into still. Like they, they did it in a modern way. 
that is pretty genius. You got to give him credit on that I like detail. It. And I so haven't overall, heard anyone. I haven't heard anyone talk about that detail. By the way, that's that's a nice detail. That's what I remember from the first one. That that is cool. So no, I mean that that's about all I have on Resident Evil Seven. I will definitely talk about it more when I've probably completed it. Absolutely. All right. So uh, last but not least, I would like to talk about maybe a new segment that we may introduce to the show. Um, we'll, we'll probably do this for each of us, you know, because we're we're individual people. We have exactly. our own lives. Finch well, I and I kinda, are different. I kind of re- referenced it early on, but we are each going to have our own beat, if you want to say that. And mine, I guess, is going to be board games every once in a while. And I guess you're going to have a little every once in a while segment yourself. Yeah, so um, I love my wife very dearly. Let me go ahead and put that out. So (laughs) I want to tell you about my new beat. My new beat is... You you love your wife dearly, but... But she really likes... (sighs) I love you, dear. I really do. But um, she really likes shitty shitty fucking television and even shittier movies uh, and so i'm i'm, I'm married I'm, I'm married to this woman and she'll and by play the way, these things yes by the way we have we would like to consider ourselves having really good taste and really like high standards so would, wouldn't you agree that we probably have high standards yes and we are going to show everyone you know we're not just going to say we have high standards we are going to totally show you what those are in the coming episodes. Yeah. We'll probably, I mean, I mean, Finch and I would just, I swear to God, me and him would just both like switch off back and forth. We would suck Quentin Tarantino's dick. I think literally. Well, I'll, I'll watch you. Maybe if like, no, I mean, I I think you would with me and like the Coen brothers would be in the back of the room, just jacking their own cocks watching us. So anyway, all right, so my wife's watches really shitty stuff. So I, I want to do something for our listeners. I want to, I want to do the hard things. I want to do the tough things. I'm gonna watch these shitty movies and these shitty TV shows for you, so that you don't have to. Okay, that's very, gonna be my nice. beat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna report back on them, and uh, I might have some clips and things from them. But um, so I, I went on the beat early, and uh, I experienced a movie called Twilight. You ever heard of Twilight Finch? I did hear about Twilight. That was during my Harry Potter phase, which I love Harry Potter. I don't want to call it a phase, but that's when the movies were coming out. And they wanted to squeeze Twilight kind of in the middle of that. And um, I said, no, no way. Well, you were right to do that. And uh, I watched it a couple days ago. And um, I I don't know what to say. I think the only way to sum it up, I I recorded a couple of shitty quality clips that I'd like to play for you guys just so you know what I am doing. The sacrifice I am making for these listeners to this podcast so that they don't have to. And that is exactly why you need to visit our Patreon. But here we go. I'm going to play a clip for you guys. About three things I was absolutely positive. First, Edward was a vampire. Mm. Second, there was a part of him, and I didn't know how dominant that part might be, that thirsted for my blood. (laughs) I just don't like vampires. Wait. And third, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. Oh man. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to retract my statement. I don't want to say that I don't like vampires, but vampires is, can be cool. But this is not it's it. It's not my favorite subject. I love Dracula. You know, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, this is you know, not that, some, buddy. Yeah, there are some. Obviously, this and is not that. I also don't like werewolves. So, oh, that's you, the worst. Werewolves you combine are the, the two, worst. and yes. you, you have a recipe for. Something that I don't even want to lay my eyes on. All right, before we close the show out, I got one more clip for you guys. I want you to know what I'm doing for you. I want this to sink in. My family, we're different from others of our kind. 
We only hunt animals. We learn to control our thirst. It's you. Your scent. It's like a drug to me. <laughs> I like my own personal brand of heroin. <laughs> God, I love it so much. I love it so, so much. So that is exactly what I am going to do for you guys. That is going to be my new beat. That movie just combined my least three favorite things. What, heroin and love and blood? No. Vampires, werewolves, poetry. Oh, oh. I was very poetic. It was, because, I mean, it's like, if I got to be honest, like, Finch, you are, like, my own personal brand of heroin. I, I just, I can't fucking quit you. Well, we'll talk about that on episode four. All right. Well, let's close this out, guys. I've had a really good time. I hope you guys have, too. You can always, I want you guys to tell us how fucking shitty we are or how much you love us and you love listening to our voices every week. So write us at player33show at gmail.com. And that's 3-3, not written out, just the numbers. You can you can follow me on Twitter at player33bob. How can they follow you, Finch? That would be player33finch. Holy shit, it's like we coordinated that. Anyway, and of course, please help us make this show. Help us continue to make this shit, okay? You can visit patreon.com slash player33. Anyway, it's been fun, Finch. Looking forward to the next one. Definitely in the most respect to anyone that is going to go through the ups and downs of this podcast until it is just perfect every time. No more political bullshit. Well, yeah, that's step one. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, y'all take care now. From Atlanta, Georgia, y'all take care. Yeehaw.